Hey there, welcome to yet another episode of This Might Not Work, where I explore ideas on leadership, change, organizational design, and psychology that affect the way we work, communicate, and live. My guests include world-class subject matter experts from a variety of industries who generously share their ideas, tools, and tactics that you can put to use in your life. This episode features Faiz Yusuf, a 22-year-old published author of not one, but four books. He's also a fellow of the Royal Asiatic Society of Great Britain and Ireland for his contribution to the Asian literature. He's worked with leading publications such as HarperCollins and Penguin Random House and also the Times of India, among other organizations. We talk about his journey into the writing and publishing of the four books that he has written. During our conversation, we talked about his journey into writing and publishing the four books, insider insights into the publishing industry, including aspects such as getting your book published, contracts, royalty, and marketing your own book, among many other things. I found this conversation deeply satisfying as I discovered a few things about the publishing industry that I just wasn't aware of. While I don't intend to be a published author anytime soon, the insights that Fez shares during the conversation are priceless. You would have to pay a consultant money to get the information that Fez generously shared during our time together. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi Fez, how have you been? Hey Sunil, all good, how are you? Some things could have been much better, but we are in the middle of uh, the second wave of this pandemic. So right now I'm doing my best to survive and uh, if possible thrive as well. How about you? I'm latching on to that idea that we're just at the end of the second phase and that there is not going to be like no more third phase, wave or whatever. So yeah, basically latching on to that hope, probably like wishful thinking, but that's all you can do as for right now. Yeah, (laughs) I'm hearing you rumors about the third wave as well. Well, rumors about a pandemic that it's already in India. Or already somewhere. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's already I somewhere. I don't know. Let's hope for the best. That's all I can say. I so, <laughs> Faiz, uh, thanks so much for taking out the time for this conversation. You and I connected previously just to get to know each other and find out what's so interesting about your life. We're going to get to that uh, soon during a conversation today. But for the uninitiated and people don't who whom who don't know you, would you like to? Start with an introduction. Oh, okay. I'm a 22-year-old boy just uh, trying to see what how life is coming along. But then you know what the future holds. But if you want me to get into some specifics, I think the best way would to be describe me would be some a person who has loved writing since uh, he was young. Words have been the only constant in my life, other than my grandmother, which we'll get later. But yeah, I think so. I graduated. I, I I was born in Patna, and I did my schooling in Patna. I did public school. Then I went to Ashoka University, which is like a liberal arts university in the Sonipat, and uh, I had an amazing time over there. Uh, all the last two years I kind of spent at my house and it was just like video calls because of the pandemic so I kind of missed having a proper college life but yeah during that time I was lucky enough to go to LSE uh, in London for summer semester and uh, yeah that was fun other than that I during my entire college time I did I was able to like intern in a lot of places I got to intern at UN, UNESCO, HarperCollins, Penguin. I worked for some good people like Raghuram Rajan and Mokhat Rajan. Yeah, and uh, I think other than that, I, I, I love like youth parliaments. I love participating in uh, literary competitions. 
Um, I, I released my first book when I was 15 years old, and yeah, I recently came out with my fourth one, which uh, yeah, I hope we, we discuss later in the book, you know, in our, in our conversation. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. Recently, I was I was lucky enough and extremely fortunate to be a royal member Asiatic fellow. Uh, I just received the journal yesterday, so I was just so so yeah. That's that, that's been like a highlight of my life. But yeah, other than that, I think again, I think as for what I said, a twenty-two-year-old boy thinking, what is his purpose in life? Nice. Well, that's a lot as far as a twenty-two-year-old boy is concerned. I appreciate your modesty. But Faiz, tell me something about uh, this Royal Society's membership is concerned. Can, can you tell mm-hmm. us a little more about it? Sure thing. So basically, I remember I came out with my... Okay, again, a little backstory. I think every every time you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to go some backstory. So yeah, be prepared for that. So yeah, no, so I came out with my fourth book, which is Bitcoin Sun, and I was like really excited with it. And like, you know, going on press interviews to different places and doing a lot of podcasts. TVs, radios, and everything else. So during this this time, I met this uh, guy. So for that day, he was he interviewed me for Thrive Global, uh, which was like a a, a media place. And yeah, I, I, he also wrote my Times of India interview interview actually. But uh, yeah, we got on a call, and I then I like I, I went through his profile and everything, and I saw that you know he had this. Uh, written Soharja Bek, comma, F-R-A. And I was kind of intrigued that, hey, this is, oh, what does F-R-A-S mean? I know what doctor is and all of that. But, and then I checked that he's like, your name, if you're a member of the Royal Asiatic Society. Yeah, and I was like, kind of intrigued that, hey, what is this? So I asked him that, hey, oh, like, how, how, what is this society? And then he told me about, like, okay, there has been Robin Tanatekor, who's like, what is part of it? And uh, yeah, it's like one of the most, like, learned societies and whatever. So I was like well that's, that sounds cool and then he said I'm like okay what, what's the process and he said okay you apply and then there's like a council that sits and they elect based on like the discussion and everything and I was like um, oh okay obviously and then obviously at my moment like okay that'd be so, so nice if I get elected into this but I knew that for sure I wasn't gonna but I remember my dad saying this that uh, and it's actually probably it's not him but I mean that's that's the first time I heard from him saying that you you have zero percent chances of getting into something if you don't try for it. And it's like a paraphrased version of something else, some other card. Yeah, even though he ripped it off, it kind of uh, applied, it, it kind of hit me. And I was like, okay, just kind of like full of form. Like I'm already full like, loads of form for, you know, like grad school and everything. So might as well just do this first. Yeah. And I did. And uh, apparently after my I see, so I didn't get an email. I, I, I it was just like, hey, you're accepted or whatever. I just received an email that your login registration or relationship society has been confirmed. And I'm like, wait, what? I never applied for the like the login or whatever. And da da. And then I met emails that said, hey, is this for like login for what? And it's like, oh, you're a fellow member. You're gonna get certificates soon, and all of the other customary and the constitution, or whatever. And yeah, I since then I've been a part of it. Apparently, you have to contribute significantly to the Asian literature to do that. I still don't know what is my contribution that significant, <laughs> uh, but uh, I am still very grateful for that. It's truly an honor, and to get to the people that I interact to help. 
people get the ma- y- 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 for example there are a lot of uh, manuscripts that are in the Royal Asiatic Society's library that uh, is exclusive so I remember there was just like one Harvard researcher who came to me and he's oh I need your help and I'm like oh you're gonna ask me to research with you that's so great and he's no you're a member of the Royal Asiatic Society so you can access their library I have these titles that have manuscripts I want please get it for me and I'm like that is fantastic so any of the listeners if they are interested to get the FRAS title behind their names well give it a shot so <laughs> if you ever see my like LinkedIn or like here right now you you never see the writing called my FRAS and then there was I wouldn't say the name again but there was this one person who reached out to me who's like an FRAS so FRAS can also stand for two things which is Fellow of Royal Astronomical Society and Fellow of Royal Asian Society so there's this person who comes to me and he's oh okay why do you have that FRAS now you're a society member so like why don't you do that and I'm like Nah, that's, that's just too much show off. So I, I'm just going to stick with my fancy system that my parents intended for me. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, like I said, thank you for your modesty. It really goes a long way, to be very honest. Yes, and given the day and age that we're living in, people are obsessed with titles and all the three, two, four, twenty letters that come behind or after their names. So, yeah, thanks for being different. It just might uh, take you places. Who knows? You're 22 years old. And you also mentioned about the four books that you've written, including the most recent one. Yeah. What makes a 22-year-old get so motivated to write four books? Very good question. And also, I have a very good answer for this as well, for this question. Like, when I was really small, like, probably 11 or 12, I was, like, a very introvert person, so I didn't used to, like, have a lot of friends or go out. It was just me, my family, and most of the time, I'd be, like, my grandmother to talking to her and listen to her stories and everything. So, yeah, obviously, like, when you start getting into your senses, you start getting to know what life is, you know how to you start getting to and here you're confused because you're like you're taught something else and then you see something else and it's just, it's a whole plethora of confusion that comes into your mind and i think i needed a channel to process that confusion and just, just put down my feelings in a way that i know what they are because you know when they're just in your head you never know what they are it's just it's just like one of those thoughts so i remember at the age of 12 i wrote my so yeah funny story i wrote my first poem actually almost as something very similar to this so i remember when it was my grandmother's birthday and everybody was supposed to uh, do something for her or whatever i was 12 years old i didn't have money obviously bro and uh, i didn't have any other special talents like i couldn't sing i have a really bad voice or i couldn't dance really bad hand eye coordination but so i was like okay what can i do and i'm like okay i can maybe tell her how much i love her because i'm an ardent uh, believer of the fact that i'm the person who loves her the most in this world uh, so i was like maybe i could i could tell her this through maybe like a poem or something i wrote down that poem i still remember the title for it a little cringeworthy but i mean that i mean what can you expect more from like a 12 13 year old person uh she was like uh uh, you're in my heart from the start. Uh, yeah, no, not as the right name, but for the birthday party. And everybody appreciated the hey, this is a good poem. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is what everybody thought that some, some person had some talent and you got to find your calling. Maybe this is my calling. And uh, since then, I wrote poems not to publish a book, but 
just to process my feelings. Like, I mean, again, like something that I wrote for my grandmother was again to just channel my emotions and put it on a piece of paper so that I'm able to understand better what goes in my head because uh, your head can get a very tricky place. And and later it got published, which is again another story. Which if you want, I could go on with. But so yeah, I think that's a very good question. Uh, how I how I started like uh, writing this stuff. Why why? And I, I I do have a very interesting and little long answer for it. I am. I think that when I was eleven or twelve, I did didn't have any old friends. I was, I was like I was in my choice. I was an introvert guy, and I, I used to spend a lot of time with my family and share my grandmother's stories. And but you know, when you're when you're like twelve or thirteen or whatever, you start coming to your senses. You know, you see what the world is. So it was more like, oh, okay. So I've been taught this, but then when I see this world, it's this. Which is very contradictory. There's so much confusion. There's so much dilemma. There's so much uh, uh, going on in your mind that you want answers for, or you just want to like process. And I think writing for me became that process that I was able to channel my emotions, channel my understanding, channel what I felt. To be honest, yeah. Um, I think it was. I remember writing my first poem for my grandmother. It, I, it was mostly like. Uh, so she had a birthday coming up, and I was supposed to be. Everybody was supposed to do something for her, and obviously, and obviously, I didn't have any money because. 12 years old, broke. Uh, and I didn't have any special talent. I'm a really bad voice. I, I can't sing her down because I'm really bad. I have bad habit on me. So I'm like, what, what can I tell her? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a huge believer of the fact um, that I'm the person who loves her the most in this world. So I was like, okay, maybe I could tell her that. And okay, maybe I can write a piece of paper. And just to get dabbled down in it, I was like, okay, maybe I'll turn it into a poem. And I did. And I remember still being the final on that poem. Little cringeworthy, but I think you can understand for it, like, like for a 12-year-old person perspective. Like, you're in my heart from the start. And I, and, and I gave it to her on her birthday, and she really loved it. And she read it aloud to the room, and we started laughing and praising that, hey, this guy writes the poem. Probably one of the general works, but I'm okay. So I and I continued to sit there for because everybody talks about that. Okay, you have to what your passion or your party or whatever. And I thought that maybe poetry is that for me. Even then, I never took it as a career. Even up till now, like poetry is not my career. Even though I would say like I am a poet or whatever. And but yeah, even then, it was more like I would process all of these emotions, and I just thought that okay, this was one of the ways that I'm being processed or really happy emotions. So maybe the next time I get sad or I get angry or I feel like okay, there's uh, something that uh, is supposed to happen this way, but it's not. It's right this way. I might be able to put it to work or I just didn't bend down because I told you like I was an introvert. I just used to talk a lot of people, and I did, and uh, it just kept going on. Like I used to come back from school, something would have happened if I had like a fight with my friend or because he just said something nice to me. I would just bend it down, and I used to come up with clever lines, like one-liners that I, I thought that really really smart did, uh, and that's a form of like a poetry. And the lyrical poetry, I would say. And, and yeah, that's how my first book was born. Now, obviously, like writing a book is one thing, and getting it published is another. And yeah, the publishing part came a little later. And even then, it was completely unintentional and by choice. 
But I think I've already been talking about Square a lot. So if, if you want, I can get to that. But if you have like, any other questions, let me know. Sure, sure. Please go ahead. I'm, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, yeah. So, like after the age of forty, I I kept trying it as I told you. And again, even there's no book idea or whatever. Uh, it's who would want to publish like you know these poems? There are are new in Shakespeare's over there. Uh, this world. So I remember I okay. Uh, this is something where my memory goes for a toss. It was either my first office or either the trustee of my office. I don't know. Uh, for school, whatever. Sorry, for school's office or the trustee of my school. Either of the two who I just feel like I, I was there maybe because I was like a professor, prefect, or class monitor. Don't remember. And I was there. I uh, like even a conversation I mentioned that they admire I a collection of poems. It's not even a poem. Uh, and okay, how many poems did you write? Right? Like, I think 25 maybe. And uh, it's like, yeah, that could form a book. Like, yeah, but aren't all books supposed to be cohesive and have a storyline to it or whatever? And they aren't they supposed to be written by bigger people than a 14 year old? And I said, oh, just mail it to you. And I did. And, and, and I, I don't know, like, I, he knew some publisher guy. Um, it was Ocean Book. And they, and they just really like were intrigued by the idea that a 15 year old could, you know, or 14, so they were all like intrigued by the idea that maybe a 14 year old boy could, you know, just write out 150 pages or whatever. Uh, and uh, they decided to publish one to me. And uh, then I really had no idea, to be honest. It's like a manuscript would come almost by weekly uh, if I post, and I think you have to correct it. And, and even then, I was like, oh, like, the, obviously the education is double the age of double the age. I still don't know what it was. But I just know, like, because they were like cutting the lines and they're, okay, you should have this because it's grammar from your own words. Or, you know, like, you could have this for aesthetic purposes. And even then, I was like, hell bent on that idea that, hey, this is like my work and I'm going to have full artistic control over it. But the words that I'm going to change, so it, it's like a lot of back and forth. And I'd ask, you know, you know, they're never going to end up like publishing a book if you're just going to like keep. You know, have, having these periods. Uh, again, I just wanted something to be genuine, never a party or a business, which I feel like now. And, and yeah, and that happened. Finally, finally, there were like a day where there was no more courage to publish. And I just felt, I, I remember like everybody started talking to me. I think that was like the first few moments where I, I came from an introvert to a, to a person who loves speaking now, like you know, stop speaking and loves it. I mean, it, it, it really helped in my personal growth more than anything else. Obviously, it's been helping my career. A lot of people are really uh, yeah, excited when they see, okay, you're an author, so maybe they, I get an interview or whatever, they're happy. So it's a good story to tell with bodies. But more than anything, I still believe that it's, uh, it's the personal transformation that's guiding your health. Nice. That's quite a story, Kyle. And thank you so much for generously sharing it with us. That was book number one. What about books two and three? How did they came about? Oh, okay. That's a good point. A very rocky story and probably even a little longer one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, when I wrote my first book, again, I started my senses as a 15 year old boy as well. I didn't get into royalty. And not that I didn't really sign any contract. Like, I didn't sign any contract for the first one. Because I didn't pay any money. Uh, I was like a traditional publishing. But I also didn't sign any contract. And I don't know if I thought it was. Uh, yeah. But for the second one, I 
think, okay, uh, a little backstory over here. I dropped out of my 12th. I had some depression and anxiety because of which I couldn't give my 12th boards. And I had to wait a year to give my 12th boards, you know, like the coming year, and just said again. And I thought that maybe this year could be something that I do something substantial with, or, you know, you know not even substantial with it. It's just, I just need a, I just need a break because I had already been like my entire 11th and 12th because it was like only the end there I didn't give my exams. I was like, I, I, I know when I see it as a kid, uh, and you know when it comes from like a mindset of a kid that when you say, okay, you're saturated with a lot of work, it doesn't seem like, like that, but it seems like, oh, what is this kid saying? He doesn't have any responsibilities. What, what, what saturation? I just felt like I was, there was so much going on. Like there was like literally, and there were MUNs and all the United Nations and group parliaments. And then there was like a lot of exams and then the pressure still like holding on to that scholar's badge that I used to get, or holding on to that debt GPA and still being uh, you know, like popular kid in school. And there was like a lot of drama in high school. Uh, that's something I really wanted. But yeah, um, all that and friends and then a lot of, like I was also like the, uh, 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 a cultural secretary, but probably like, yeah, the cultural secretary, yeah. but yeah, still like I got it. But uh, there's so much going on, and there's like so things also going on, like my personal life. I was like, okay, I need a break from that. Again, something I felt a person in fourth grade would not but I think nothing in my life has break that much. So I mean, now I find that someone's perfect. But yeah, it was. And uh, I think it's probably better to help uh, then that, hey, if, if this is what this kid wants, let's give him that and see what happens. And uh, that's why if you see the first cover of my, the first cover image of my book, it's very bright. It's like very orange and everything. It's like, you know, sunlight coming and everything. I should see the second book, it's like the complete polar opposite. That's how I intended it. Because I really wanted to be honest and gentle with what I was going on, which I still have been, like, my poems have been the most genuine self of myself. Like, I, I, I tend to not read my books in front of me. Because it makes me feel not the right word, but naked. Uh, it makes me feel like people can see through me, like they can see everything. Because I've not hold back like not even a simple word. So that I'm writing my thing about that. I need to have I, I still need to be gentle because that's all my poetry are about. It's never about like comic up business or you know things to people because I mean books didn't sell also. So but, and then I did. And I so so again, like my second book was not the commercial success. I think I I you would say it, it got like a Google knowledge panel and whatever it should read and yeah, whatnot. But uh, it was, like a lot of people didn't buy it and I did get a lot of reviews for it. But I know what I had and I knew the the personal transformation that I had made. It was like during the same time that I uh, I was a fan of my friend and announced of writing her blog is she had a lot of like dystopian writings over there it was so cleverly written and i was like okay this is the kind of stuff that i'm gonna get it if i can write that then i'll like, i'll be proud of myself that most of help me proud and i tried to do that i think and i've been dead i think uh, that was the first time I, you could see like what my current poetries are that there is an essence of that in in that second book that's the first time that was like this form of writing that i do now mm -hmm. uh, so it's 
light of day. Again, a lot of this helps people book because it's very sad. They've got a single happy poem in there and no regrets because it really helped me like go through. But mm. if you ask me about publishing and like getting into the commercial success and everything, that there would be time for another story in this conversation itself. But yeah. <laughs> yes, we definitely would like to explore what publishing a book is like. Would you like to talk about the fourth book, the most recent one that you've written? How did that sure, journey sure. came about? 100%. Okay, Garo. So I, that, that, that would also require me to give you a very short backstory of that book. And a little backstory of what I was doing then. Okay, again, something that's not being very conventional right now and something that is not very conventional. I took a semester break in my second semester. And again, that is like for, for Indian parents, it's oh, okay, he's dropped out of college. And my university was really nice to just give me like a, a, a semester off. And I compensated for it. For example, like I said, I did a lot of summer semesters, both at the shortcut, both at Latin School of Economics. So I was just able to like a little get the credits transferred and everything. And I graduated in time, I graduated two weeks ago. So. Uh, but yeah, so then I had uh, dropped out and again, uh, Mostly for emotional issues, yeah, uh, and again, I a lot of things like got overpowering and everything, and even though that could have been the worst phase of my life, that could have like ended everything. I didn't. I think I'm breaking a lot, burst a lot of bridges. I was not performing very well academically or concentrating on my career as I should, I, as I did previously, and but yeah, good phase. So I thought maybe like the end, like this is maybe how it ends. I was lucky enough to get a search for the common college, which changed my life. I am on own now. If you're listening to this, I still love so very grateful to you. Yeah. Uh, he took me on board and he made me be a part of the project. One of the largest speak that I got to go on book tour was like publicist, meeting for Kazaz, meeting a lot of big tough people at any one like not Bollywood, but yeah, big personality party. And yeah, same stuff. Highlight of all. Uh, but yeah, but it's a bit, I think, given you know, my concentration on getting back to my career started again, I was like, okay, I have been writing books a lot with the artistic references and everything. Maybe this is the time to write something for commercial. And I knew that the, like, the, the first two books were published by the same publisher. And I knew that there were like, really few people, but there wasn't big on marketing. It wasn't big on getting the people out there. Um, so I really wanted a publisher this time that was. That, 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 that could help me, that could, be, like, uh, that could get the word out there. Uh, and I've been able to see like, how it goes because now I've been like, in the market a lot of books from Harvard College and then even at the same time I'm going to go up and come So I was like, maybe I have some insight so I know how to market a book. So, okay, I can, I can either marketing up to me maybe, but I can only say I want to first put help me around. I think I thought this book because I'm, I'm not going to invest a lot of money. I never invested in anybody. Uh, um, yeah. I knew that, uh, if you want me to be honest, it's very true. 
for 2007 because <laughs> you, you've got like all these people amazing people on Instagram you know Pinterest posting these amazing couplets I mean first of all point expert everybody else but yeah so I was like okay maybe I need to do something that would sell and I wrote a novel I remember one of your podcasts being but being consistent I think the last last podcast like the consistency or it was your blog that you wrote I, I think either of the two and uh uh, and, and again, I read that, I was like, I was thinking in my mind that, hey, I, I think I'm going to use this bit in my interview because that's how writing a novel is. When you're writing a collection of poetry, even though it is supposed to be cohesive and supposed to have a theme and whatever, you still have that artistic choice of being a little different with each couplet. And with the novel, you do not. You cannot bring in James and then just start talking about Avery in the next minute. So yeah, I, I wrote a novel and I got it published. And I got a lot of reviews for it and a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't say commercial success again, for the hot the bars of commercial success are really high. But something that in the first time people read, like, like a significant amount of people read, that's how I got it. And, and yeah, and, but yet again, I still feel like that was a rushed release. That was something where I was, uh, I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to get back in my career and I wanted to do 100 things at once, which is like writing a book, interning at UN, volunteering for UNESCO, for HarperCollins, LSE, or Raghunambat, and all at the same time. And, then, like, and all of this happened within four months back where I was like, not in my college. So yeah, what could have been the worst would turn out to be the best for me, but regarding even regarding this book, even though it, it saw its day of light and it, it did, was received better, the earlier books, uh, I still believe it's it's the worst written book that I've ever had. And the reason I say that because there, it has so much potential and I really love the story. And I think I could have done a way better job than it. And since then, I have this ardent desire to write something that I could like hold that book and be like, hey, you should read this. I wrote this. And I wouldn't do with this third book. I was like, okay, maybe other people are reading it good for them, but I'm never going to. I just didn't feel satisfied as an as a creator, and uh, that's how my fourth, the idea of my fourth book came about. So, yeah. Sorry, counterintuitive to the question, but I'm just amazed you've been able to do so much, and you're just 22, and you have been able to do so much. Four books, that's massive. Um, that's massive by any standards. People spend their entire lives to get down one book, let alone four. But you've been able to do that at the age of 22. Yes, you haven't been really satisfied as far as the the quality that you really wanted to put out, or probably you wouldn't call them, or you wouldn't like to call it your life's work, because I get the feeling that you have this hope that it's going to come. The best work is yet to come, as I say. It did with my fourth one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So yeah, this is where I go all out of publishing and uh, everything. So yeah, the sports one, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a person who's now patient and I'm a person who's now, I guess I don't know, like, I don't know. As uh, you dropped out again, I think. Sorry, once again. I, I hope it's still recording. I, I, I keep remembering my last one. Yeah, no, no worries. You can you can start from where my question ended about the fourth book. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So with this, when 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 everything ended, and I think it was last last year, when uh, just before the pandemic. Yeah, so I was like, okay, now I'm in a good place in my life right now. I do not have to prove anything to anyone. I am not in a rushed state. I am not. I I I know I found how to 
publishing world works and everything when it's related to it. And I was like, okay, this is my chance. Like, I, I know when I start getting into like college and second post grad and start working, it's kind of going to be busy. So maybe this is my time where I do that. And obviously, it looked good on, on, on my grad school application if, if it said that being the best selling author or whatever that, that title is. And interestingly, I got all nominated for cool. But yeah, so, uh, but yeah, point being that here I was, like, I wanted control, full control, artistic autonomy, yet have people marketed for me, yet I should not be the one investing any kind of like monthly. You ask me to give 100 interviews a day, I'd love to, but nothing monetary because it makes you feel like the other person is not does not value or believe in my in the work that I did and this is something that I have later. This is something I tell to people uh, about like, you know, never never pay for your work. Never if, if you have written your work should stand alone. And that's why I've always even during the process, I always despise despise is a very bad word or a very strong word. And I yet I would still use it with for self not self publishing but at least vanity publishing. In some cases, yes, self publishing does come at a cost as well, which I again do not recommend. But in some cases like Amazon and everything, you do you do not have to pay anything. But there are a lot of vanity publishers which would be like, Oh, okay, you give me fifty thousand rupees and I'll publish your book. Never go for that. That's scam. You, you never require 50,000 rupees to publish a book. Trust me. And you may do that. That's the point. Like that budget for every book is different. But the fact is that your work, the words that you have written, should be enough for a publisher to take it forward. If you're already putting one year or two years of your life, I don't think you have to put in more money also along with it that, hey, please take my life's work and publish it. Like, if, if, if you give, I, I could invest 15,000 on my own, hire freelance editors. Hire freelance cover graphic designers and do it on my own. So never do that. But yeah. So point being, I I realized that there were a lot of scams going on. People would say that hey, this is really great, and uh, you know, just or, or you know, even either they would put it in like in some like uh, sneaky way. It'd be like okay, buy two hundred copies of your book and feel like buy back and uh, we uh, we uh, we publish your book. And even though it works for celebrities, because for celebrities, they have to send it to thousands of people and they give them a very wide circle. For example, uh, Sanjay Khan. I remember when I was doing this uh, in a very penguin, uh, this thing, uh, he sold a lot of copies of Sanjay Khan. And apparently it sold out, but only because, okay, I shouldn't be saying this, but I mean, God forbid. I hope Penguin doesn't tell me for this. Uh, but only, <laughs> only, only because that his friends would buy and give it to charity. And obviously, it was a good book. That's why it did. I mean, Penguin wouldn't publish it. Maybe that's not that's not good content, like content wise. But yeah, that was like one of the major ways of selling it uh, through word of mouth, through personal contacts, through your influence. When you're starting out as a writer, you do not have anything there. I, I can't know more than 50 people who would love to read my book or whatever. Like even my sister has still has to read every book. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm glad my dad has to and so that's the point, but point being that, so yeah, don't, if people tell you, buy your hard food, 200 copies of your book and you publish it, don't get into that scam. If people say that it's a normal, it's a normal thing to do. I would say it's a prevalent. It's very prevalent, but it's, it does, that doesn't make it normal. And COVID is prevalent, not normal. So yeah, so the, that was one thing that I realized during the process. So I was hell-bent on getting a traditional publisher. Now the thing with traditional publishers are, while I've worked, and I also like, I, I almost got into Amazon Bestland as well. So like, you know, that's like three of the biggest publishers, and yet I still made this. Publishing houses are 
If you're not, then there's no scope of anything, like literally anything. So I was like, okay, chuck that scope thing, chuck what people say, because this is something that I'm doing for myself. And so that a good publisher would be able to take it up because they'd be like so happy with the quality and everything. And I did. I poured my heart out of this book, which I'm so proud of. But the point being, not easy to get a publisher because I knew this whole process. I cannot make two years of my life. I'll be like, I'll, I'll probably be like a McGrath, graduating from my old graduate degree. And I'll be like, I mail a lot of people. I mail hundreds. Okay, this is full disorder. I literally even bent to people's offices if they didn't reply to emails of mine. And I'd be like, hey, please check it. They'd be like, okay, are you, are you like, you know, like, celebrate something or whatever, or you're on or whatever? I'm like, no. I actually sent out a request, and maybe if you go over down your email inbox, like, two years, two weeks down the line, maybe you'll find an email from someone that buys you something. You might want to check it. And then I just go, again, not something that I recommend. And it did work. And I got a call from this amazing uh, publisher, which is an Emerald publisher. Again, not a very big publisher, but I do, wouldn't want a very, very big publisher. Then anyway, because my, my, my name would get very sidelined by these big names that they're already publishing. There is Emerald publishers who really believe in my book. And they're like, okay, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that you're our... Uh, in bookstores, your book is at bookstore, this is not there on the campus. We are a part of very, a lot of literary festivals, like uh, the one in Hyderabad and the one in Jaipur. Again, all of that, like I was supposed to go with podcasts and families. And then they're going to promote it on the full banner on their website and whatever, like whatever they could do, whatever their, their budget is. Again, it's still like a medium sized publishing house. But they've made me promise but that, hey, you don't want to put money in money? Don't. Just make sure you market it to the best of your effort. Just promise us that you would. And that felt so good because they were believing in my book. They were like, uh, okay, so this is a person who I would do the best and I will also want them to do the best. Because, you know, like I, I want to, that's how it works. And that feels so good. And I was like, and even some of the other days, I was like, I, I again, I need them edit so much. They were like, they were editing and sending to me. I was like, no, I don't want like this and everything. But they were really fast with it and they were really sweet. And, uh, and one day, I remember, like, so on my book covers, it was mostly like, they would send, I would tell them what I had in mind. And they would send like options. And I would have to choose from the options. And it's like, there is no way I would be able to tell a team that I really love until I, unless I make it on my own, just like my poem. I cannot mm-hmm. tell my feelings to anyone if I don't want to write the form of a poem. So I'm like, let me try it. I opened, uh, I, I learned a lot of Photoshop. Uh, I started with Canva, but Canva is not a very good way to make your book cover. Uh, so I started with Adobe Photoshop. I've never got it. I can't even ask it over. But, and I made a book cover, which I'm so proud of. And that's, I, 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 I was like more proud of the book cover than I am the, uh, the, the words in there. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, oh, don't try the book by its cover. I'm like, please do, please do, please, because it's mine only. I hope you get this is of my poetry in that book cover. And it's very, it's very awesome policy for many But point being, I, I even made the graphic like, book cover for it. And then they were like, and again, I told them, that hey, you can use this book cover, which is very unprecedented for them. Nobody does that. Um, they were like, okay. Just send us all the 
elements that you use, but not the book cover. And just we are like we we are trying to replicate what you did. Because mm-hmm. obviously, what I had made was not in like the first thing format or whatever, like a fire and the deceptive fall. I don't know why they called it, but the wrapper, like you know how because it was quite hot copy, it has to go on like yeah, outside yeah. and whatever. The full backbone. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. So yeah. I did. I, I think the process is called shrink wrapping and a spine. Yeah. something like exactly. that. Exactly, spine. The spine. That's spine. why I think backbone. Yeah, such a spine. Yeah, this is spine. So you know, like all getting all the inches, whatever dimensions, right? So I, I sent them, and they made the exact replica of that, mm-hmm. like the exact replica. And I was like, God, these people really believe in me. And they're like, they had this one altercation, which was like, they made the title like yellow in color, but I was like, okay, now I want black. And they still did that. Like, they were like, okay, whatever you say, if you believe in this, we believe in you. So obviously, obviously, you have to build something for yourself before. I mean, the one of the only reasons Emerald was so sure of me was that I had three books of my mm-hmm. sleep and that I had worked at Harper and Penguin. So they knew that, okay, he has got some, like, you know, he knows something about marketing and writing and everything. So you have to have that show some credibility with your, with the, with what you do. But that doesn't mean you should not go for traditional publishing because thanks to, Startups and people that find people out there who believe that writing should go on, you will find a lot of small and medium-sized publishers who wouldn't be that scrutinizing. And when I say scrutinizing, that means that doesn't mean that they're compromising on quality. It's just that they would publish it even if you're not a big name. Yeah. So yeah. And try to go for it. I try to be shameless. Be shameless. Because it's your life work. People are going to reject you. I go out hundreds of rejection people. I still get like you did you believe like my book is two years old and I still get for the mail that I sent two years ago, I still get like, oh okay, we have reviewed your book and it's still not sorry, I mean we cannot go forward with this. And I'm like, oh okay, no problem, it's already out in the market for last a half year or whatever. Yeah, so it's that long, that's fifty some publishers. But you gotta find a publisher which is the perfect fit for you. And that was I think that is something that I that about universal um, advice that I would or anyone would give for anything. For example, if you're going for a grad school, don't just look out for rankings. Or, or the brand, and everybody wants a Harvard or an Oxford. And even though you can get an admission in an Oxford, sometimes it's easier into getting an admission into an Oxford than maybe you would say a UCL or or or. And that's why when I was applying to my grad university, I, was, I, I made sure that I I go I apply to the university that I believe in, not not what you know, people tell you that okay it's only a Harvard, Oxford, and Yale, and, and then there's a full stop. I mean, nobody heard of it, but even though like it was a good graphic university, and I was like, so, but yeah, another story for that. But right now, books. So yeah, but even with the companies, it's like a lot of different companies have the different um, ways of doing their work. If you want to have a very organized way of doing things, join a multinational. But if you want to do it, go for a startup. So there, it, it's basically what you want, and basically what's best, what's best for you, what's suitable for you. And so yeah, basically that was the whole like monologue of me getting to this point, which is that do what's suitable for you and that same case the publishers. There will be certain publishers who will believe in your work because they generally feel like there has to be good quality work out there. And you will find it. They'll require a lot of patience. Just be patient. And don't take rejections as uh, as that your work is not good enough. Most of the time it's they do not even see the quality of your work. 
made an offer, but it's still an offer. And, and I don't blame them either. I blame mm. the system. Or I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're better system, whatever. But we're not here to talk about capitalist versus communist economy. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I just believe that your work will see the light of day. People have made uh, more made more money out of blogs than they have out of books. Like I told you, like I, I wrote four books. I'm pretty sure like the blog, the friend that I mentioned, she makes much more money through her blog than I make off my book. And this comes to my second point. Don't think you're going to be super rich, even if a thousand people buy your book. Yeah. The reason saying that, complete full disclosure, in my contract, which I'm very happy with, uh, with my last book, I got a royalty percentage of 12% for each Now my book costs 250 So even if 200 people bought it, which I think they did, that's why I got that royalty, uh, uh, let, me, let me get out the calculator. Uh, it's like so even 40,000, 12% of 40,000, roughly 2,800 rupees. 40,000. And, and, and then just take the 12% of it. So basically, even if 200 people buy your book, and uh, let's say your my book like, costs 250 rupees, let's say, it, you know, it, as you said, it's around 40,000 rupees. And that's good revenue, I would say. However, you only get 12% of it, which is 4,800 rupees. 4,800. Oh. So... I can't survive on it, can I? Yeah. <laughs> and this is like marketing like anything. But yeah, in my defense, uh, not in my defense, in my publisher's defense, I give a lot of copies for free to people. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, the point being, um, yeah, that's the fact. And you cannot, obviously, and uh, for example, like if you see my contract, again, it's something I'm very happy with, but something, if you watch Jason Bhagat, I'm pretty sure he owns like, 50% of the 60% of the royalties. And it's, again, it depends upon the credibility you have and the selling power that you have. Again, like I think selling power, there are a lot of good music out there, but there's a reason why there is such a big advertising budget on Taylor Swift or Katy Perry, uh, even though they're like, they're like Hans Zimmer out there. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a selling power that, that, that matters, sadly. Capitalist world we live in. <laughs> but that's fair. So, you, but obviously, that doesn't mean it's it's worthless. Writing book is amazing. It's amazing feeling. You have your entire life's work in this one book, and it feels so amazing to hold it, and feels so amazing to be proud of it. And again, it it really helps you in other avenues, which if not just for personal transformation or just for the sake of writing because you love writing in your career, it helps a lot. My grammar, so I got a ninety nine percent style in tofu and I'm not saying it to brag or but just saying it for the fact that it's only because I went through such excruciating process of edit, edit, editing my books uh, that I had to care take care of like Oxford commas and the M dashes and what's the difference between an N dash and a hyphen. You know, between a date yeah. uh, between like dates, you, you use an N dash, but between connecting two words, you use a hyphen. But if you're using something instead of a Colin, you use an M dash, which is just crazy to me, which is crazy to me back then. I was like, okay, I, I know one dash only. So, yeah, uh, and, and that's why it helps you that way. Also, secondly, it also helps you like to be out there and have these press interviews and talk to people, meet new people. I, I couldn't have met you if I had published a book. Who knows? And uh, I got Raleigh Society 
mostly because of those red nights and I'm pretty sure about it because that's all my application was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and we get a Google Knowledge family. You have good ads. You meet a lot of people. People love to review your work, and especially okay. So here, this is where I come. Like the biggest satisfaction that your idea will ever give you. When people say that this helped me go through a difficult time, I yeah. so I have this my author's page, which my uh, publisher was very kind enough. Like I didn't know they were going to do this, but uh, they did it. So they, they in my book, like if you open it, the first page has a barcode. And I'm like, what the what the hell a barcode is doing in a book? Like I'm not like I'm not like I'm not like on the first page of the book. And it's, okay, so people can scan it and then they'll make them do a website where they can talk to me. Mm. Um, they talk to the author, like you know, they do it for all the books. So they would just want to make it an attractive experience for the people who like the who are who read the book. And uh, yeah, and a lot of people reached out and they said that, hey, okay, can I call you Faz? Because they were like, hey, Mr. Faz or Mr. Yusuf or whatever. And it's just, I felt like you're a brother to me or it, it made me feel like you also went through this. Did you go through this? Because I also went through this and I think you went through this. That's why you did this. But how did you come about it? Or can you say more? And, and that's so satisfying because the my prologue of the book is literally three lines that I hope when I take shots without telling you what goes behind, I hope you look for the context. And my readers did look for the context, which was so gratifying. But the moment when I say this, I have like chills up my spine and the, the smile on my face cannot do justice because there's tears behind these eyes right now which cannot express the gratitude I feel to the people who saw like my work but also found solace and who found peace and who found happiness. We felt that this is something that that could help them what's better than that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if someone was to, well, someone, uh, I'm pretty sure, there are many people out there, especially the ones who will be listening to this podcast episode. Many of them want to write a book or have been wanting to write a book. But again, the number one thing is they don't know where to start. For which you have a solution as in start writing. Uh, and writing could be anything. It could be a manuscript or even a small start, something as small as a blog post or something as small as something on and many of the social media websites out there. The idea is to get into the habit of um, things before you can jump on to the bigger things like writing a book. So starting small remains the key. The other aspect which I found intriguing was the way books are published right now. You mentioned there is vanity publishing, there is publishing, and there is the traditional publisher. I'm, I'm quite aware of the traditional publisher, but what exactly is the difference between vanity publishing and self-publishing? Good point. Um, so it's basically the amount of money that you put in. So with self-publishing, for example, in, on Amazon, if you want to do it right now, there's this option of self-publishing. And even on Kobo, I feel, what do you have to do? You just have got to make a book cover. You just got to have an edited manuscript to yourself, which you could have edited on your own. Put it out there. Like Just, just submit it. Amazon will do a review check and they'll get back to you. And mostly they'll approve. If it doesn't have a lot of grammatical mistakes or whatever. And yeah, they'll be on Amazon. It's that simple. It's oh. And yeah, it's that simple. And, and you have the, all the rights to control it, right? The bio, right? You know, what the description, author's page. Vanity publishing is, uh, so they'll ask you that, hey, you pay 
if you know like the bundles go to like one lakh two lakh three lakh they're like deluxe packages like we're gonna do this for you we're gonna do we're gonna publish in like glossy papers we're gonna we're gonna publish it with uh, this much marketing detail we're gonna send it to these many number of marketing media databases and most of it is a sham because if people believe in your work why i I don't know but point being there might be one or two which which are like do good or whatever but most of them i can say like without a doubt and there's some any person free to challenge me they are not of your best interest it's mostly a business and so where they will make you pay for it and they will publish it at a cost that is very that is not to equal to what you pay so which is very less which is only a portion to what you pay for example if i give you one lakh rupees for publishing my book they would probably just just invest 10000 rupees and they have for from 90000 rupees off you yeah that's a good thing wow i do have one query about um, self publishing that is self publishing and kindle ebooks the same thing or self publishing also includes hard paperbacks or hardcover does self publishing have those options so yeah self publishing does have that option so kindle the what i mean by that is that if you want any book that comes out it's mostly now hard copy paperback audio and something like obviously if it gets really big then it's something like an audio but yeah for the first three so yeah like the novel bookstore that i was on market place and find that your your paperback and uh, hard copy and the last one which was like the digital one and it's just like these digital ones are out there on the kindle so yeah I think the good thing about self-publishing is that you can actually publish as a, as a, as a, as a paperback. The other thing is that what they'll do, for example, like I mentioned, that they take your your manuscript, they'll take your book cover and put it up there. The good thing about self-publishing is actually that you can actually have paperbacks with you. Now, I think uh, so. So, okay, Kindle is basically the online version of the book. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like another marketplace for uh, online books, like this EPUB or PDF versions, but you when you basically self publish you have the option to choose if you want it as a paperback or as an online ebook or both of them and and you can have both of them at the same time without paying any money so what amazon will do then is that for example if you have sent out all manuscripts and everything's approved that you know they find that okay none of their from like missing pages or very bad grammar or you know like the, the book wrapper is is nice they would they have their own factory which they would publish their it at so it would be done on a case by case basis so most of the time traditional publishers what they do is they produce bundles of books for example oh, you see that there are like 10,000 and 20,000 books published and it'll be like called the first drop or the second drop and then it, it, and then we say it's not sold out and once sold out it means that there's a demand for it so we're just going to get out with like the second um, Second, second installment with self-publishing, it'll be on a case by case basis. It'll be like if a person orders, it'll be published and it'll be sent to that person. People, uh, your yeah. your book wouldn't be published in advance or off mm-hmm. in advance, mm-hmm. like uh, in or in bulk. It's just like can't keep. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I'm only wondering what is making people go for vanity publishing when we have two very good options. one the first one is the most hard one traditional publishing but what is making people not opt for self publishing it, it seems to be a very almost like it's a zero cost solution to their publishing woes so to speak mm-hmm. completely and yeah i think uh, the reason for that is promises 
Everybody, since mm. everybody writes a book, when, 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 they, when you self-publish it, you know that you're getting your word out there, but you are never sure that it's going to be read by people. And on this, for example, you have an author who, who wants to like, you know, put his writing out there in the world. Obviously, you want someone to read it. And uh, that is what the Vanity Publishers promises you, that, hey, we'll, we'll just not have your book out there on, on Amazon, because there's an Amazon link attached to it. We're also going to have robust marketing and campaigns and advertisements, yeah. Google AdWords, and we're just going to make sure that we're like a top author and they're going to make promises to the next Chetan Bhagat. And that if you go for the super deluxe version, then you're Chetan Bhagat, but if you go for these this platinum, no, no, platinum, bronze version, then you're just going to be like a mediocre author, but you still be successful. Yeah. So basically your success yeah. doesn't depend upon the quality of writing you do, but the amount mm-hmm. of money you pay to the publisher classes for marketing, which is counterintuitive. So yeah, I think it's these fake promises and the persuasion of these fake promises. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like when people, especially like you know, like for example, like I said, when people are, are looking for a traditional publisher, they get very desperate. Which is completely okay. You can desperate because yeah, and then that, that happens. But so you know, in the process, I think variety publishers usually come in and be like, "Hey, you know, it's an easy solution." Like, okay, nobody's saying you work here for you. We're really gonna believe in your work unless you pay us one lakh rupees. Uh, and and uh, that's what they do, and, and people buy it. And yeah, so, so they now they you know, for example, as testimonials, they would say, "Okay, okay they they did what ad? Maybe that ad different five thousand rupees, but where did the other ninety five thousand rupees go?" Yeah. So yeah, and it's exactly that, and I I I I, I just feel like I, I, it's the system to blame obviously as well. If there hadn't been a really good lack of traditional publishers, then maybe vanity publishers wouldn't have come up. But again, uh, traditional publishers also have a certain budget they have to work with of certain mm-hmm. books they can come out with, both for like monetary and quality purposes. You don't want to overdo stuff. And maybe that's the reason why when you see a Penguin or a Harper book, you're like, okay, I, I can ensure some kind of quality with it that it's got like 100,000 quality checks. Thank you so much for taking our time. Where can people find you and your books? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, for sure. First of all, I, I actually start by saying that, Sneagle, thank you so much for this uh, conversation, to be honest. I, it, it, it felt cathartic, again. I think I feel like when I, whenever I put something out or say something or write something, I'm, I'm able to process a lot. And it made me go on such a good memory lane. I, one of my best interviews I've ever had, to be honest. Uh, not, not an interview, just like a conversation. It felt so, so nice. And uh, just, yeah, thank you so much. You're, 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 I don't know. No, no yeah, so no surprise the audience would love, no love follow you the way they do because of, of, of uh, the charisma that you bring and the the genuineness that you bring, you know, the trust in the other uh, the person and the, the way that you're able to uh, put people in a very comfortable position. It's not very easy to ask. It's a difficult question to ask, but something that like you know is something where you know you tread on the lines of a personal person's personal life and still make them feel comfortable by talking to people about it, which I did, and that's that's unprecedented for me. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, the pleasure was all mine. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I have to take credit for quality for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absolutely, the uh, check is on the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, no, where can they find me? 
please feel free to like you know, just hit me up on LinkedIn or Instagram. My Instagram uh, uh, handle is faz dot f a i z dot by u s u f. So faz dot user. Basically, the spelling that probably you'll be seeing somewhere around here. Sure. I'll uh, leave all the links in the show notes. So that everyone mm-hmm. is able to reach out to you, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you could find my like my latest book, Midnight Sun, which uh, now I would recommend you to read it because again, something I'm proud of. Finally, uh, and uh, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. And yeah, so you probably sharing that with you. But thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm really grateful to you. And if you literally have any questions about it, like publishing or you know even grad school or you know how, how I just want to have a chat, like a, or a cup of coffee. Virtually, obviously, feel free. Feel free to hit me up. I I love talking to people, and I'd be more than happy to give any insight I have. Like I I'm capable of. Awesome! Thank you so much, Faiz, uh, for your time, and uh, we'll meet up again. Thank you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cool. All right, folks, thanks a gazillion for your time and attention. You could have chosen to do something else or even listen to someone else, but you chose this podcast, and I deeply appreciate that. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please share it with your friends, family, and loved ones. It helps the podcast stay in good standing with the podcast platform algorithms, and it helps me stay motivated to bring in more awesomeness to you. Until we meet again, stay safe, healthy, and keep those stories coming. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks a gazillion for your time. And all right, folks. Thanks a gazillion for your time and attention. You could have chosen to do something else, or even listen to someone else, but you chose this podcast, and I deeply appreciate that. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends, family, and loved ones. It helps the podcast stay in good standing with the platform algorithms, and it helps me stay motivated to bring in more awesomeness to you. Until we meet again, stay safe. healthy and keep the stories coming thank you